Hello and welcome to episode 179 of NCP. My name is David, and with me for this episode I have Crystal. Hello. And the return of Yunbo. How's it going, guys? It's snowy. it's snowy here. I bet it's like, you know, like sunny there, right? Yeah, it's like, no. it's got to be like 30 degrees or something, sure. Not exactly. It's quite overcast, and it's taken three days to dry the washing because it's so humid. Yeah, it is <laughs> humid and crappy. Yeah. <laughs> So you're at, uh, you guys aren't in danger where you are with all the the super blizzard or whatever the hell the thing's called? No, no, we're we're so south, like we're almost in Georgia. So all we're getting is nothing dangerous. It's just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all it's just all freezing rain and cold and and uh, interchanging a little bit with a little bit of snow, but mostly just mostly just everything in town is just frozen solid. So you try to you try to walk out in your car and you end up having to ice skate ice skate there and it's not even pretty it's just it's just <laughs> gross you're just try, trying not to get not to kill you what is the storm being called it's like snowzilla or something isn't I it i don't know but they, they, i saw i saw a well, picture of it from space it's, yeah. it's enormous yeah it's it's pretty intense it's it's wiped out washington dc pretty much well the one uh the one last year they were calling snowmageddon <laughs> <laughs> they're running out of names yeah it's like becoming an annual thing now like it's, it's somehow you know, somehow this happens once a year now. The snow sounds like such a nice, gentle thing. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> they need to have a more vicious name Some, for it. Sometimes it is. Not yeah. always. It's not always destructive. <laughs> Stormzilla. Well, it's good to have you back, Umbo. It was a it was a damn shame that you weren't here for our uh, Clash of Champions Grand Final. Sorry. Yeah. It's uh, it wasn't it wasn't the same without you. But we did we did have special guest Pete. Pete the Heat here to do it with us, but uh, it was a shame that you weren't here. So, did you have uh, have a, your opinion on who would have should have won? So, oh, I do hate I missed that one. Yeah, um, I think Ahsoka should have won. Yeah, well, she did. <laughs> so there you go. All right. <laughs> the, I told uh, you whenever she entered, I, I said she could win the whole thing. Yeah, it, well, it made sense that she won. I, I'm I'm quite proud of how we did it. Um, we did. We still still had it. We didn't have all that much controversy. We we except for. Uh, the, the 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 round we had the most controversy was uh, Black Widow beating Captain America. A couple of listeners were were not pleased by that result, but uh, I still stand by it. <laughs> That's right, sexism. <laughs> <laughs> They uh, probably don't like Star Wars either. That's it. <laughs> Bloody Mary Sue's. Um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, yes, it was a shame we weren't there for that one. But uh, it uh, it was it was a lot of fun with young Pete. And uh, thanks again for Pete for filling in filling in Bo's shoes. Uh, but for this episode, that's enough of that episode. For this episode, one seventy nine, we have uh, a couple of reviews. Uh, Bo will be reviewing Anomalisa. Anomalisa is that how you pronounce it? Anomalisa. Anomalisa. That makes more sense. Yeah, it's like anomaly, but yeah. with Lisa at the end. That's right. And I, the, I want to now, go, that, now, that now that you've said that, it makes perfect... I'm, I'm ashamed that I said anything else. Oh, I want to go... Do, 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 do. <laughs> That's true. Anomalisa. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll be uh, reviewing Into the Badlands, which is AMC's new show. Uh, Crystal's uh, got a, re- a return of Fact or Foe. It's the return episode. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and for our top five, we'll be talking about our top five Clash of Champions. So every single Clash of Champions we've ever done, our favourite five from those. Uh, and some coming soon. So uh, let's get the ball rolling with Yunbo and Anomalisa. So I know that you're you're also a big fan, but um, I've mentioned on here that, that I'm a huge fan of, of Charlie Kaufman. Um 
and uh, but he he hasn't you know he hasn't put out anything in a while. Like I know that's that uh, there's probably stuff he's done that I haven't haven't heard of. But Synecdoche, New York, is kind of the the last movie I've seen from him, and it's from like 2008 or something. Like it's pretty old. Mm. And uh, you know I've always you know. My bottle answer for what you know, if someone's always like, "What's your favorite movie?" My like go-to answer is being John Malkovich, which was the first movie that I ever seen by Charlie Kaufman. So like, um, I've just always had a respect for him, and I kind of, I kind of had this vibe that maybe he wasn't, you know, being as productive lately as he as he used to be. Um, and I understand that that kind of just comes with creativity sometimes, um, and uh, and I respect that. But when I heard about Anomalisa, I couldn't wait to jump on it because basically this is the story behind this movie is Charlie Kaufman wrote a radio drama, like a like an audio play, basically, and it was this this movie Anomalisa. It's the story of this of this movie, and it's basically the story of a one night stand between you know two people who are you know in who are out of town like there's two people that are out away on like a business trip and have a one night stand and it was originally told just auditory and the people's you know voices and and things like the different it makes sense that this story was originally told that way because all the audio in the movie is actually important to the story in some way the voices are important to the to the to the narrative Mm -hmm. um so originally the story was going to be this audio play and and it was successful. It came out, and they produced it. It was it was a you know it was it was a big hit. You know, and the in the uh, radio uh, play industry, I guess I don't know I don't know uh, how big of a following that has, but it it was a successful audio play. And somewhere along the lines, I don't I don't know the exact story behind this. A stop motion production um, company or individual. Uh, heard the play and wanted to make it into a stop motion animation movie mm. and so it became this it's the same exact story same dialogue same everything you know again when it was originally written they never thought that puppets or stop motion or anything like that would be involved uh, but they but yeah they didn't really change much of anything um, and they just told they just basically reimagined the story as puppets as like stop motion puppet and um it's really interesting because some of the characters have these speeches about you know in the very charlie kaufman like you know uh esque way they have these speeches about you know what it even means to be human and 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 it just has this weird juxtaposition coming from a puppet you know and it was originally designed to come from a human and it still had it still had meaning even in that context but just even more so now that they've kind of they've kind of changed the all the main characters are all, you know, you know, actual stop motion puppets. Hmm. And, uh, the way the, the way the, the story goes, is it's kind of, uh, this writer is away doing a speak, doing a speech on, um, he's like doing a talk on the book that he wrote and he meets this, um, he meets this woman named Lisa. Now up to this point, all the voice acting is done by the same voice. Every, every everybody from the taxi cab driver to you know it's it's all it's all the same voice actor doing it all and then he meets this woman named lisa who has like a normal female voice and he talks about how fascinated he is 
by you know listening to her talk and and hearing her sing and all this stuff and and the story is a, is about you know these two people kind of connecting for one night and you know yeah everything that happens you know there mm. and it is it just like all of his movies it is just such a like he takes this one little bitty part of you know the human experience and he and he blows it up into this huge grandiose story um and this this movie definitely does that not on the same level that say like adaptation or you know it doesn't have the it it has the human element of a charlie kaufman movie but in movies like being john malkovich and eternal sunshine of the spotless mind there's this there's also this element of of that you know this is a dream world and everything is bigger than real life this movie is like as real life as it comes like it's it's it is just about two people and their interaction over the course of a over of a three-day weekend and um it's probably not my favorite charlie kaufman movie and if you're not already a fan of his i'm not saying you wouldn't like the movie i mean it's it's a good it's a good movie and i think a lot of people would enjoy it but it is a very it is of his style and i think mm. if you don't if you don't really understand his style going in you're probably not going to like the movie because it because it is it is very he has a pretty heavy hand on the way he stylizes things which i love yeah. um but uh but not my favorite charlie coffin movie but you know by any any stretch uh, that being said it's it's probably my least favorite movie by my favorite writer. So you know what I mean. It's mm. like it's like picking your your least favorite Star Trek. It's still your it's still one of your favorite things that exists. You know what I mean. <laughs> so like by by no means I'm, if I'm saying it's a terrible movie, but it's definitely not his best movie. Um, but Anomalisa, if you're a Charlie Kaufman fan, I think it's I think it's definitely worth checking out. It's hard for me to give you any kind of rating though because I kind of think of his movies like on a different scale. But um, well, how does it know, go on the Kaufman rating? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it, it's, it's, it's like a, a one. I don't think it's a fair. <laughs> all right, let's say let's set it let's set a standard, right? On the Kaufman rating yeah. of one to yeah. five Kaufmans, what would uh, adaptation be? Uh, that would be a five. That'd be five. All right. So what yeah. about um, Kaufman did Sarah Sitikitikus or whatever it is? Yeah, that was that was Kaufman, was it? Can you pronounce? I know one can pronounce it. I think that's in the, I think that's synecdoche. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, what about that? Where would that be? I think that would be a. That would be either a really strong two, <laughs> or or a three. All right. And, I, and uh, I think that this movie falls just below that. Like so, it, so it falls below synecdoche, or whatever. Yeah, whoever you it pronounce falls, it. We'll, we'll say Snegney is a three, and this falls as a two. Because okay. it, it, it is it is a good movie, and I really liked that that movie, the Snegney New York. But I didn't think it was quite as easy to follow as some of his other movies. And uh, recently, I listened to an interview with him, and he basically said that he he kind of wanted to write a movie where you should have to watch it. You know, you should have to watch it twice. Hmm. But. Um, he admits in the interview that the problem with that is, is a lot of people watched it once and didn't understand it and never watched it a second time. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, if, if if it didn't star Hoffman, bringing his brilliance as always, I would have yep, given he, up halfway through. <laughs> that is another thing he talked about in that same interview is that he he carried that movie, yeah, um, in 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 ways that that uh, you know Kaufman didn't even didn't even think about that he carried he carried that movie in a, right. in a huge way so, so, but, on, the, um, so on the Kaufman scale yeah, so, two, two Kaufmans 
Yep, on a Kaufman on on a Kaufman scale, it's a two two Kaufmans. Right. But if we're going back to the Luke scale, I think it's three Lukes. Right. Okay. All right. Well, I I would uh, fully agree with everything you just said. Um, I think I think the animation is just brilliant, brilliantly done, um, and the the whole idea of having all the other voices in the world voiced by Tom Newman, I thought was was very interesting. Um, and uh, but yeah, I don't I don't think it is. I don't think it's right up there with being John Malkovich would be, which would be my, no. which would be my five Kaufmans. <laughs> so, not a, not yeah, five out of five out of the normal scale. It'd be maybe a four out of five, but but it's definitely the best Kaufman film, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's really, he really is. Uh, you know, you always say that someone's brilliant or a genius, and I, and I really think that like he's one of the the rare cases where it actually is true. If you were to say that about him, yeah, it was a good review. Um, all right, so uh, next up is uh, my review of Into the Badlands. Now, uh, as I said at the intro, Into the Badlands is the new series from AMC, which is uh, the company that brings us, of course, The Walking Dead. So, yeah, so being AMC, at least you know you're going to get some uh, some quality actors and uh, production values, and, uh, yeah, it definitely, definitely does. It does look very, very nice. Uh, so, Into the Badlands is a story about a uh, well. It's basically it's a it's a post-apocalyptic world where uh, of our Earth, where and you can only assume we're in America, has uh, sort of been reduced to sort of feudal barons. So you've got like a, a a very much a sort of a feudal Japan situation going on, where you've got different sections of this particular area, the Badlands. Um, it's not sort of specified where or how exactly how big it is, but. Um, is uh, is controlled by certain is controlled by barons and they've all got you know fancy names the widow and the river man and uh, the river the river king sorry and uh, and uh, our, what the, our main villain um, who I think I think his name is Gideon yeah oh Quinn no Quinn and uh, and what they they uh, all employ um, sort of bodyguards slash assassins assassins who which they call clippers. Because they clip people, and it's, it's been reduced to it, very much like feudal Japan has been reduced to um, martial arts and uh, you know sword bladed weaponry. Uh, nobody nobody has guns, despite the fact that they have a technology level high enough to have automobiles. So I find that a bit strange that nobody has any actual projectile weapons. But uh, so you know shurikens, swords, that sort of stuff. Uh, and these clippers are you know the best of the best. Um, and but the the most powerful of all these clippers, like the, the most impressive, uh, is the is the one called Sunny, played by Daniel Wu, um, and uh, he is he's a master. Well, um, one of the th- one of the things I do like about his character is that even though he is the clipper that all other clippers look up to, as they all aspire to be, even he isn't infallible. I mean, even he still gets hurt every now and again. Uh, so I quite like that. He wasn't invincible, uh, but uh, every so every everybody Baron has uh, their own sort of bodyguard and. Um, He's the bodyguard of Quinn, and Quinn styles himself in sort of a uh, a Southern American gentleman type stuff. So very much a sort of a sort of like the slave owner, cotton fields type sort of gentleman. Um, but uh, instead of cotton, he's growing poppies, and he controls the poppy production. Um, the 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 widow uh, is so called because she killed her husband. Well, that's the rumor is that she killed her husband in order to then take over as Baron because essentially that's what it is it's it's a it's a system of um, the strongest 
survive. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a tough world and the strongest survive. And so if you can kill off your Baron, then you become the Baron. It's as simple as that. Um, there's no sort of real rules, no sort of real sort of law behind it. Uh, so yeah, so she becomes the Baron. And it's, it's slowly revealed throughout the series that um, she may or might not have actually killed her husband, but the simple fact is that she's actually now in charge. Um, and that she is also... Uh, just a kick-butt fighter. All the Barons can actually fight as well, because they can't just rely just on their clippers, uh, but she is magnificent. Like, um, the All the action scenes are great, but her her fight in the bar in, season, in episode two is my favourite one. It's just, it's magnificent stuff. The River King controls the, the main river concourse, um, and, so, and is the only person that has access to ships, and the Widow controls uh, the oil fields, um, and there's other ones as well. There's uh, someone, another one shows up at some point, which I can't remember. He controls something else. Um, but uh, it's very much, very heavy on the action. Every single episode has uh, a martial arts action sequence. It's all very, uh, very uh, wirefu ish. In, is that very, very that sort of that Hong Kong action sort of style, um, which I enjoyed immensely. It's 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 very well done. There's only a couple of times where it's kind of it's painfully obvious that they're on wires, but with that sort of fighting style, it really not doesn't really matter. I mean, it's it's, I mean, it is. You know, they're on wires, so it doesn't matter if you can see that they clearly are. Um, you, know, you never see the wires, but you can sort of see that they don't really move naturally enough. But all the action sequences are magnificent. It's uh, it's definitely the highlight of the show. Uh, it's if you like that sort of thing. I mean, if you're a crouching tiger, hidden dragon sort of a fan, this is definitely going to appeal to you. Like I said, the the widow's fight in the bar is uh, is probably the best fight, but the best example of the the sort of the crouching tiger sort of sequence is uh, uh, when um, Quinn uh, invades the the um, widow's household, and then the you know huge brawl erupts, and there's waifu all over the place. It's pretty cool. Uh, so it just as standard as 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 it is, just on its own, it would probably be enough to uh, sustain a series. Um, it's, you know the, the barons fighting the, the political machinations of the barons fighting against each other, uh, but what it actually, but it also introduces a, a, mis- a mystery element of um, a young boy called MK. Uh, he's a, a teenage boy, and uh, he's introduced right from the very start, where um, Sonny saves him from a bunch of raiders, uh, not knowing that that's actually what he's doing. He basically just kills a bunch of raiders because they're all criminals. But he just he also finds that they've they've captured this boy. And uh, the mystery, the the mystery of, of who this boy is and and what he's up to and and uh, what he can do is is uh, um, invest is strewn across the six episodes of the first season. But the the major thing, which is I'm mean, not a spoiler, uh, I don't want to spoil any, anything about the, the actual storyline itself. But it's not a spoiler to say that uh, he is actually uh, superhuman. So it's it's never explained how or why, uh, but he has the ability that whenever he is injured, if he actually bleeds. Uh, he becomes um, sort of like a superhuman version of himself. His eyes go black, and uh, he then uh, he loses all, all consciousness, and his body takes over, and he can then uh, do all sorts of amazing stuff. You know, beat he beat, beats up Sonny, and he blows away doors, and he's got telekinesis and all sorts of crazy stuff. So, but then he then then it uh, the strain becomes too much for him, and he collapses and, and comes unconscious and doesn't remember anything that he did when he was doing it, and it's uncontrollable. Uh, the mystery of of of, uh, of that of that ability uh, is uh, quite interesting. I thought is it's uh, probably the, actually the only interesting storyline in the show uh, is is because it delves into um, uh, Asian mysticism. Uh, to the very last episode, you get to meet uh, a bunch of monks who are tasked with 
uh, finding, tracking down these anomalies, um, and they have the ability to control the change. So that's uh, pretty exciting. Um, and uh, and it's awesome. The fight, the fight between Sonny and the monks at the end is, is very very cool. Uh, the actual the 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 main plot, of course, is the political machinations between the barons. And uh, I just I just I got to tell you, I just was not in, was not interested. You know, I mean, it's all very by rote sort of stuff. You got um, Quinn, you know, the southern gentleman guy, and his son is you know desperate to prove himself a man by you know taking over and becoming baron himself. You know, it's very standard. The the wife that you know, you know, machinations behind his back, and you know all the barons fighting amongst them, each other, and the one of the bodyguards from one of the barons is secretly planning to take out the baron so that she can become baron. And it's just, it's all very standard, sort of you know drama type stuff. You're not going to see anything new there, uh, but I, but I think what does make it stand out is the the very high production values and the kick ass, pun intended, action sequences, which are very well done. So that being said, if you're if you're a big fan of uh, Asian cinema, uh, specifically the the Crouching Tiger type stuff, uh, then uh, you can't go wrong uh, checking this out because, like I said, every episode has at least one and it's magnificently done. Um, if you're if that doesn't do it for you, then you might as well let let this one slide. <laughs> I don't think it's the one for me. <laughs> uh, so in terms of uh, rating, um, I'll go three. On the loose scale? Three three badlands. <laughs> yeah, three loose. <laughs> or on the crouching tiger scale. <laughs> <laughs> it it doesn't even come close to crouching tiger's awesomeness. <laughs> okay, so let's uh let's go next to our factor foe. Crystal's factor foe. I'm very excited, we haven't had one of these for ages. Okay. Factor foe, I give you three facts and you've got to pick out the foe. Cool. So you three facts and one of them's actually not a fact. Exactly. It's a false fact. In a, in a nutshell. Okay, cool. All right, sweet. Awesome. So, number one uh, in, of this in-the-news-themed factor foe, Netflix refuses to crack down on VPNs allowing customers to access content not officially available in their country. So, um, for instance, before Netflix was officially available in Australia, lots of Australian people uh, worked out a, a way that they could access the American version of Netflix. Hmm. Number two... While on honeymoon in Australia, a British man's husband died unexpectedly. He was told by authorities that the death death certificate would say unmarried. And number three, a Canadian widow was asked by Apple to get a court order in order to access her dead husband's iPad. Right. So two of these are real and one of them is half false. Well, one of them is false, but I've based it on something that I actually saw on the news. Right, so it's yeah. sort of, it's it's tricky. Yes. All right, well, uh, Beryl, let's, let's, you can go first. Which one do you think is uh, the, the, the foe? I want to say the honeymoon in Australia one is, is not real, but it might be the Canadian widow asking for the apple to get a court order. I think the fake one is Netflix refuses to crack down on VPNs. I think that this story is about I think this story, I don't know, this is a really tough one. Yeah, it is. This one is way harder than the last one. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Netflix. All right, in that case, I'll go with Canadian Winner. Because I, right. I, I don't know either. either. I mean, I, uh, without revealing why, I don't know. Why, I, I know it's not the British man's husband one. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, 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 I actually don't know between the Netflix or Canadian one. I, I think it's the Netflix one. 
But since you went with that one, I'll go Canadian Widow. I think that it's the Netflix one, but I think it's like 90% true. I think there's I think there's one part of the, the message that's changing. And the reason yeah. I say that is because I just don't feel like that's an interesting enough news story <laughs> that Crystal would have picked it if right. it were to lead it. If it was supposed to be a wild herring, it's not very wild. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I'll, I'll go with Canadian Widow. You go with Netflix, and uh, Crystal can reveal the, the truth. And can, she can reveal why I know it's not the second way. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, we'll take them in order then. Uh, the Netflix one is the fake, but was correct. Um, the actual news story is um, Netflix is actually cracking down on VPNs, yeah. allowing customers. And it's not, and it's bit more because of the people in Hollywood putting pressure on them because uh, like getting their appropriate dues, I guess. Mm. Um, not wanting to people in other countries to see stuff that they haven't actually paid. Well, they're still paying for it, so I don't quite understand what the deal is. It's a bit ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Distribution stuff. I think yeah. they should just yeah. get rid of this whole region thing. Yeah, it's stupid. It's ridiculous. Oh, well, there, there you go. I, I wanted my gut said Netflix, but uh, Bo peaked at first, so no. Well, you know, the regional thing will probably will disappear one day. I think we're getting close. Do you hear about Legendary getting bought by a Chinese company? No. Yeah, Legendary Pictures just got bought by a, a major motion picture company in China. And it's just it just seems like more and more of these uh, uh, movie distributors and creators are just becoming international companies as opposed to you know having like an American movie industry and uh, China movie industry. It just seems like we're kind of making movies now that we think will appeal to you know all all the different countries. So I bet that uh, I bet that eventually the whole regional thing will will change but the reason why it is is because uh when we used to do film flams we had this problem is because like you might have the whatever company distributes it in australia it's a different company that distributes it in america so they they have the regional thing so you can't buy buy one and be able to watch it in a different country but it seems old-fashioned yeah it's a pain in the butt number two uh, this is true. A uh, British man and his husband came to Australia, South Australia, for a honeymoon. Um, one of them fell down the stairs and unfortunately died. But because Australian law doesn't recognise same sex marriage, the death certificate had to read unmarried. But, uh, uh, but the weird thing about that story is like they were married in a country that does recognise it though, so wouldn't they have to recognise it? No. Nope. Not according to Australia law. <laughs> But uh, the, the South Australian Premier did uh, uh, personally phone the, the, do you call him, a, oh, he's a widower, I guess. Mm. He, uh, he did personally phone the widower and apologise because, I mean. And the certificate was changed. Yeah. So it was, you know, it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Just get with the program, Australia. It's pretty, <laughs> it's, it's pretty embarrassing. And uh, a Canadian widow was indeed asked by Apple to get a court order in order to access her dead husband's iPad. Apparently, while he was dying, she would use his iPad to play words with friends and, and uh, other games, and they had in-app purchases and things they'd used on his account, but he'd never told her his password. So um, when the iPad locked up one day and wouldn't allow her to access things without inputting the Apple ID password. And Apple wouldn't give it to her, um, even though they provided death certificates and, and um, certified copies of things. They wouldn't give it to her. They and they asked her for a court order. 
Mm, yeah, I, maybe a little harsh. Yes, it is. It is harsh. I, yeah. I, I understand it. I understand yeah. it because I understand it where, too. Actually, where where I work, you know, I kind of had to deal with this. Not not to that not to that extreme, but all the time. If if especially with Apple, but with there's a lot of different companies. If you just if you can't provide any information to prove you are who you say you are, then you're you're toast. You're gonna have to go to court or something. But to they get did it, to provide get it information. Because, yeah, that's why I think it's kind of it's harsh in that yeah. they had to do a court order because they did have the death certificate and stuff. You were saying, yeah, yeah. yeah so they had the death certificate that he died, but they don't have any. They don't have any proof that this person ever gave his wife access to his account. Like I know that it makes yeah. sense that you would give your wife access, but it may have been, you know, it may have been some sort of private situation where he yeah. didn't want his wife to know what he was doing on his iPad. I'm with, I'm actually with that. I actually don't think. I mean, I, I, yeah, I do think it's actually kind of harsh in terms of. I mean, the you know the the, the you know the man's dead and the wife's grieving and all sort of stuff. Yeah. But it's not like she wanted to access old family photos or something. She wanted her in-game app purchases for yeah. crying out loud. I think it's an interesting yeah, thing that you need to think when you're preparing your will and everything these days, you have to actually think of your digital content as well now. Hmm, totally. That's a good point. That's a good point. But yeah, yeah I mean, the, but Apple has to look at it from the perspective of we're giving her access to everything on his Apple account. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, even though that's her intention, they have to kind of look at it as if she's also wanting iCloud and everything. And like I said, in 99% of the cases, you know, most spouses would be okay with that, but Apple, you know, has to be, they have to be responsible for 100% of the cases, and there are, you know, less than 1% situations where someone may not want to give their, their you know, family access yeah. to that. Sometimes it's not it's not cut and dried. I mean, in, in the industry that I work in, um, we quite often, more often than you would think, have situations where, because uh, I, I do, I, I've, I'm in the leisure industry, so you've got uh, kids who are doing their swim school lessons, and we quite often come across a situation where their parents are divorced, and as part of the agreement, one of them agrees to pay for the lessons, but the other one agrees to pay for their gym membership or something. I don't know, it, and it's and so you know, it it becomes just an absolute crap storm if. You know, accidentally one pays for one thing that they didn't agree to, and yeah. all the fees are different than they agreed to, and it just just goes mental. So it's a similar sort of thing. I mean, how does how did how does Apple know that they weren't separated at this point? Exactly. Yeah. So. It's a, it's an interesting uh, things. Sort of when iPads are put out, they're put out that they were intended for like personal use, and they sort of didn't really think outside of that. We had a situation where I work where um, we went into partnership with a, a major telco in uh, we created a program called seniors connect where we actually loaned our ipads to senior citizens to teach them how to use it and they had uh, cool 3g access as well wow but uh, often they'd come back and uh, what we're supposed to do is wipe the ipads ready for the next person but you can't do that if they've created an icloud account or put in a passcode and often oh, being yeah. senior citizens they don't remember what their password is or their passcode, and then you can't wipe the iPad. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is Apple watches any Apple product is this way now. Yeah. It's it's uh, pretty wild because of uh, Find My iPhone and all of that. You can't if someone. All right, this is so meta and boring. No one cares about this. <laughs> but, but yeah, like we have this problem at work all the time. If you if you buy an Apple Watch, you connect it to your iCloud account, and then you go return that. 
if you don't turn it off, then we can't resell the watch because no. no one can ever activate that to anything other than your account ever again. So it's like, if you don't remember your password, you can't return the watch. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That, that's, uh, that fact will throw was uh, not only interesting on its own, but led into a very interesting discussion. <laughs> that's cool. Awesome. All right, let's uh, move on to our final segment, top five, top five Clash of Champions. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! As, you know, as every episode is someone's, is someone's first, one of the segments that we had uh, that on uh, the show was Clash of Champions, where we picked two fictional characters against each other, sometimes even more than two, as uh, I found out in my research, um, in, against each other in, in a classic sort of comic book store-style conversation of uh, who would win in a fight between X versus X. What, what are you laughing at me for? I'm not laughing at you, sorry. My um, my list of my top fives has been auto-corrected in a strange way. Really? <laughs> I'll get to it one way. Okay, cool. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Auto-corrected sometimes can be hilarious. Yeah. We've uh, we quite we've quite enjoyed them doing them and uh, and uh, the audience seems to have enjoyed doing them as well. So for this top five, we're going to be talking about our top five matches, which ones, which fights we thought were the, the most enjoyable. And I want to go first with Crystal because I'm very intrigued by this autocorrect business. All right, it's a bit further down the list. So um, I'm going five to one. My first one was way back, almost right to the start. Um, James T. Kirk versus Han Solo. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to pick that one. I awesome. I can't even remember who won, but I just remember um, really enjoying working it out. It was uh, Kirk. I, and my banner. I love my banner. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was a good one. Next on my list, uh, I think uh, I've actually almost picked these on the basis of the banners. Next on my list is Sequest versus Jaws, and I picked this on the basis of my alternate banner, <laughs> which was... <laughs> Um, something else, or something about a bigger ship. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> now I've got a bigger ship. Damn it! Yeah. <laughs> it's because well, the the joke was that because well, Sequest is captained by Roy yeah, Schreider. Roy Schreider, who also of course of course played uh, Brody in yeah. in Jaws, yeah. and so he said, "Now I've got a bigger ship." Yes, yeah, that is, <laughs> come uh, back for you. I don't know it was uh, hilarious at the time. Means nothing to anybody now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, number three, Wonder Woman versus Thor. Oh, another good banner. And my, my yeah, my favourite bit in that was what actually made it into the banner was um, Wonder Woman catching Thor's hammer. Yep, and the shock on and his the face. Shock on his face. Because <laughs> <laughs> we dis- we discussed long and hard on whether she would be worthy enough to hold the hammer and. Damn right she would. Yes. <laughs> Easily. And, uh, coming up on the, t- the second one, um, this is where the autocorrect kicked, it, kicked in. It, <laughs> should I tell you what it was meant to be or should I tell you what the autocorrect well, says? Tell, tell us what it was meant to be and what the autocorrect is. Well, it was meant to be Gowron versus Tilk, but autocorrect just corrected it to bore on B Tilk. What? <laughs> bore as in like the pig. Right. <laughs> on on B so that could have been a whole new Clash of Champions. It could have. But Gowron versus Tilk also, yeah. another one. Which I mainly picked because I like saying Gowron. 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 <laughs> Crazy eyes Gowron. And my top one was Adam's Family versus the Monsters, mainly because in the methodical, mathematical way we worked it out. I know. We had paper and pen and the whole deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a good one as well. Bo, yours? 
Uh, my number one is uh, Spider-Man versus Wolverine because that was the first one we did, and uh, I remember I remember the the concept. You were like, I got this idea uh, where we we pin two heroes against each other and we have to figure out who would win in a fight. And you said something like Spider-Man versus Wolverine, but that one's too obvious. And I was like, yeah, that one is too obvious. I really like Spider-Man, but I know Wolverine would win. And you were like. No, Spider-Man would win. And then we were like, okay, it's on now. <laughs> and that was that was the very first one. Um, uh, I like the Borg versus the Xenomorphs. Uh, Xenomorphs. Yep. Um, nice. Because uh, that was really that was one of the ones that we had like a really cool narrative behind, and Crystal came up with the concept of the Borgs could assimilate the Xenomorphs, yeah. and so we came up with this whole new species uh, that hadn't existed in you know in fandom yet, uh, a Borg Xenomorph. Um, so that was that was a really cool one. Um, I picked uh, Bane Bloodhoof versus uh, Bane from DC Comics, <laughs> and. I really like that one a lot because of uh, we couldn't decide who who won, so we decided to use twenty sided dice and play like a D and D battle to see who won, <laughs> which is something that I think we should incorporate in the next run of Cla- of Clash of Champions. Um, and uh, also, it was a really cool story because uh, you know Bane Bloodhoof is sort of the opposite of. Um, uh, what's the character in World of Warcraft that he's sort of the opposite? Uh, Garage Hellscream. Garage, yeah. And I felt like Garage Hellscream was actually really similar to Bane, so we kind of put we kind of put uh, Bane Bloodhoof against um, an enemy in our Clash of Champions that was really similar to his, you know, enemy in um, in Warlords of Draenor, or more or less uh, in Mists of Pandaria. So um, I like that one a lot. Uh, Wonder Woman, Thor, Wonder Woman versus Thor. I also picked for the same reason Crystal said. I thought it was really neat how uh, uh, we we kind of researched it and came up with the idea that Wonder Woman could catch the hammer. Um, so that was a really good, you know, really good kind of narrative that we came up with. And then X twenty three versus Robin because uh, I I really liked the idea that Robin. Uh, was able to freeze X-23. <laughs> God damn, look at nitrogen! <laughs> and, um, and also, it got turned into a comic book, so that was that was really a lot of fun. An excellent list as well, and it just, uh, I should stop going last, because my list is essentially the same as all of yours. Uh, the only one that I had that you guys didn't have uh, is actually my number one, so um, I was just very quickly going through my, through my five, five to one. Five, I had the ball versus the Xenomorphs, for all the reasons that uh, I already said. It was, a, it was a brilliant idea to assimilate them. Um, at four, I had X-23 versus Robin, uh, mainly because uh, you know, X-23 is one of my favourite characters ever. Um, and yes, we loved it so much that we turned it into a comic book, uh, So, uh, which is still available. I'll have the link on this uh, on this episode as well. It's uh, for, you to, for you to download the PDF. It's absolutely brilliant from uh, young Domo. Domo Stanton on fire over at Marvel with uh, yeah, Starbrand and Nightmask. Night yep, he's doing so well. Uh, it's all it, thanks to Clash of Champions. That's right. Without Clash of Champions, they wouldn't even have known who he was. No. Uh, and uh, number three was uh, the Adams Family and the Monsters. Uh, for the same reason that Crystal said, I just, I just, I loved uh, just how in depth that fight became, um, and it all made perfect sense to me. And and it was just a lot of fun. It's one of those. Uh, sometimes during when we're doing Clash of Champions, I try. I'm picturing the sort of the action in my head. 
and uh, this one was crystal clear what was going on. No pun intended. Uh, and number two, I also had James T. Kirk versus Han Solo because I just thought it was hilarious, especially the uh, Bo's attempt at uh, the uh, the voices um, with, <laughs> with the James James T. Kirk's voice and uh, and the fact that we had uh, you know James cracking on to the to the, the twins in the cantina after the fight and all sorts of crazy stuff. It was, uh, it was good. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, but my number one is the one that, one that you guys didn't have was uh, Paul Atreides versus Jedi Master Luke Skywalker because it was just epic. Yeah. That was the most epic fight we did. Cause it was, I almost picked that one. That was it, a good one. Like two gods versus each other and it was just magnificent. It just it kicked a lot of ass. <laughs> it was like our equivalent of the Superman versus Goku rubbish fight. Good, awesome, awesome stuff. So, check yeah, it's all amazing we never did that one. But I mean, I guess it's just that's an impossible battle. Yeah, it's been done to death, and I just you know. And there's no, I feel like there's no, there's no way to actually draw a conclusion to Superman versus Goku. Yeah, because Goku's basically uh, like anime Superman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it depends which version of Superman you're talking about too. Well, you would have to use the. The golden I think age. we should use Red Sun Superman versus <laughs> Goku. <laughs> no, see, Red Sun Goku Superman will get his ass kicked. Uh, no, you, you would have to use Golden Age Superman because where he could basically essentially just do anything. Otherwise, because if you use modern day D fifty two Superman, it's no it, contest. Evil, Goku all the way. Evil Superman. Evil Superman. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Anyway, um, anyway, so that is one of the top five class champions. Uh, one of my favourite segments and uh, a lot of fun. Let's finish up with coming soon. In Australian cinemas, January 28th, we get Dirty Grandpa, which uh, proves that Robert De Niro needs the money. Robert De Niro, <laughs> Zac Efron, I don't know what's going on. Robert De Niro, the raging bull himself in this absolute trash. I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Don't know. No, no, uh, <laughs> anyway, it's, I'm speechless. Uh, <laughs> we, also, we also get uh, Room. It's important to know it's not the Room. It's, it's actually Room. <laughs> Um, and I'm really looking forward to this. It's uh, Brie Larson and uh, a young boy. And the storyline is uh, this young boy. Oh, Brie Larson plays um, a girl who was uh, kidnapped at a, young, at a younger age, in, in her teens, and trapped in a closet-sized room um, and made into a sex slave. So very much, you know, like that that guy that in Europe. Yeah, yeah, that dude. So yeah, basically, she's been a sex slave ever since she was kidnapped, and she uh, far, she she um, gives birth to her son, and this boy's never known the world outside this room. This is the entire world, as far as he's concerned, um, and uh, their performances from from everything I've read are just uh, are magnificent. So I'm intrigued. I want to see. It. I love Brie Larson. I think she's awesome, and uh, yes, yeah, so I really want to see it. So uh, that's room, um, and spotlight, which uh, I. I was actually able to see and actually didn't, was too ill to go see. I was very upset. But uh, it's um, uh, a newspaper who investigates the uh, Catholic Church and allegations of child abuse. So it's very much on all the president's men, but versus the Catholic Church. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Mark Ruffalo in it. So therefore it's worth seeing. <laughs> very That's topical. It. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So hopefully I'll get to see that at some point. Bo. Uh, January 29th, we have The Finest Hours, which is the movie about, um, it's about being lost at sea and, uh, the rescue team that comes and rescues this, uh, small boat that's lost at sea. Um, we have Jane Got a Gun, 
I don't know what that is. We have Kung <laughs> Fu Panda Jane. 3. <laughs> Kung, Fu, Kung Fu Panda 3. Kung Fu Panda 3, which is uh, basically Miss Pandaria. <laughs> and uh, we have Fifty Shades of Black. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Black. Yet another supposed yeah. comedy spoof yeah. by, the, by the Wayans. Yeah. Hopeless. Peter Aaron could be genius. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I can't judge. Well, there you go. Not a big week in the in the States then, which is a shame because you're all snowed in, so it would have been a good chance to uh, see some films. Yeah, this would have been the best time for it. Yeah. What were they thinking? Anyway, so that's, uh, that's it for episode 179. I hope you enjoyed it. If you uh, by chance heard uh, the music in the background from next door, I apologise. <laughs> Although it is. It's Cat Stevens, and so therefore it's still quality. But uh, if it did intrude on the episode, I do apologise for that. Uh, if you couldn't hear it, then ignore everything I just said. There is no music. I don't know what you're talking about, iTunes. And that's it from me <laughs> and the crew. Krista. Gowron. And Bo. Uh, let's see. What did we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> what did we talk about? All right, I'll keep that. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to NCP. Thank you for being a part of our crew. If you would like to support the show, you can use the Amazon widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. If you have any feedback, please go to nerdculturepodcast.com forward slash contact us where you will find a list of the many different ways you can interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.